Hey, welcome to Everyday Economics, a podcast that helps you learn about the economic world happening around you every day. I'm your host, Chris Krug, president of the 501c3 nonprofit Franklin News Foundation. Everyday Economics is a production of America's Talking Network. You can check out all of our great podcasts at americastalking.com. To support Everyday Economics in podcasts such as this one, please make your tax-deductible charitable contribution by clicking the link in the show description. We are recording this episode on Tuesday, February 21st, and join me, as always, is my friend and colleague, Dr. Orfe Divanki. He's a PhD economist. Dr. O, there are interesting things that come out of Europe. <laughs> the most recent one is this study. I typically am a fan of LinkedIn News. I think LinkedIn News got this headline wrong. Uh, the, the headline is, Money Can't Buy You Smarts. The reality of it is that smarts will only get you so far, which is, I think, something that maybe my Uncle Tony might have told me when I was a kid. That's right. I I don't think there's any news news here. (laughs) From the data, earners in the top percentile even scored lower on verbal, technical, spatial, and logic tests than those immediately below them. It's kind of an interesting fact. The study's author, and this was done by the European Sociological Review, the study's author, see a warning sign for societies amid growing income inequality. Uh, Okay, we'll talk about that. And that non-cognitive abilities, including motivation and social skills, weren't accounted for in the study. So what do we take away from this very important European sociological review piece? Look, you know, the the first thing is, uh, you know, you have to, before you talk about a study, I think you really have to understand like how it was conducted, right? So they took 60,000 Swedish, Swedish born men, very homogeneous between the age of 18 and 19 and their earnings during an 11 year window between the ages of 35 and 45. You got these guys. They were tested with standard intelligence tests when they were 18 and 19 years old. And then they were observed. They went off and did their own thing, got out of their compulsory military service, went in different careers, and they were observed again between the ages of 35 and 45. And some of them did better than others. Basically, what the research shows is that the guys that tested the highest did not necessarily end up earning the most. And so they try to say, look, this is, you know, this is ability, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, look, I have a problem with the way the study was conducted to start with. We all know that basically you got to test these guys even younger. You got to, you know, like by the time you're 18, 19, you've gone through high school, you've had different experiences in life, different elementary schools, uh, you know, all kinds of different things have happened to you already. That might be confounding the result here. Then you also have to wonder about, uh, you know, and I didn't read the study, so maybe they did that, but you also have to wonder about like the link between a kid's ability and his parents' ability. And so like we see in economic research that, you know, the two are very much linked and that parents that tend to perform really well have kids that perform really well. And of course, it's also linked to earnings. So there's a ton of confounding factors that make it very difficult to link ability to, to earnings. So let me ask you this, and then I'll just kind of bring this back into like the framework of everyday economics, how bright you are and ultimately what you're able to accomplish and what you're able to earn in your career and the economic contribution that you'll make, the impact that you'll have on the economy as a single person. Not necessarily a straight line between smarts and success, not necessarily a straight line between talent and success. And and how you measure talent and ability is very, very important. But then you also have occupational choice, right? So like people decide to go and do different things, you know, you you know, if you go to academia and uh, you create new technologies or you 
do something really, really cool and you win a Nobel Prize, you may not be as rewarded as somebody who goes off in the tech sector and uses those technologies to make a lot of money. That's just the way it is, you know, and I think a lot of people understand that, you know, then there's the ability to network, the ability to communicate. I think communicators, top communicators end up doing much better, going further, you know, they become CEOs. Well, how about motivation? The willingness to do a little bit more, to invest in yourself. Isn't there an advantage in the market for people who actually hold themselves to to that standard rather than show up at work and are able to hit a salary number that uh, that seems to be sort of in this case, I don't know, was that an upper middle salary, I guess, today? Anecdotally, at least, I find that people who come from really, really tough circumstances, when given the opportunity, tend to do really, really well. They, they, they're motivated. They work really hard. And uh, by the way, hard work doesn't always amount to higher earnings either. But yeah, you know, there's no direct link. It's not how hard you work. It's not necessarily how smart you are. And I, I don't even think it's necessarily how connected you are, although I think connections seem to matter more for earnings than those previous two things I mentioned. I appreciate your thoughts. This is interesting, a little bit off topic for us, but an interesting side subject. For Orfei Divangi, this has been Chris Krug. Subscribe to Everyday Economics and dozens of other quality podcasts at americastalking.com. Mm-hmm.